This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives, dreamers and entrepreneurs online. I'm your host, Sarah Tasker, a certified coach specialising in creative business and all things related to social media and the digital realm. This is episode 117. Hey guys, how's it going? I have been working my way out of a bit of a creative block I've been in lately, but as usual, Substack, the community that I get to share with you guys on there and on Instagram, in my DMs, in my inboxes, everywhere, and here on this podcast has been the most important support to me. So thank you for being a part of it. And if we're not already chatting, then why not? If you want to hang out, come on over to Substack. These episodes live there now as well and each have a dedicated episode page where we can talk in the comments and you can get involved in my community there. We have regular co-working sessions where we all get together online and get productive together. There are guest interviews, there are live workshops, there's all sorts of things going on over there as well as all the posts. So it will be really cool to see you there. But my guest today is kind of new to all of that. She is the incredible coach instructor who taught me when I took my life coach certification. How many years ago? Three or four years ago now. I am honestly such a huge fan of her work, her coaching, and just all of the incredible growth and insights and learnings I've had through her. So when she told me that she had made a change in her career and is now coaching full-time, I was so intrigued to hear about how she was finding all of it. So this is kind of an interesting conversation, not only about how Katie is navigating this change in her life and weaving in all of the wisdom and learning that she's gained from her previous work into this new chapter, but also about showing up on social media with that beginner's mindset that so many of us had years ago now and have left behind and have maybe forgotten about. It really inspired me when I had a conversation with Katie prior to this episode and just heard her talking with so much fresh enthusiasm for Instagram and for social media because she came with no expectations or baggage and I was really curious to hear more about the mindset behind that and how it's working out for her. So let me introduce you to Katie. Hi Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. This is very exciting for me actually, like I'm so used to speaking to you in a completely different capacity when you were my instructor for life coach certification. So having you on here like this and being able to talk to you in this kind of new venture you're in is really fun. It's so great. I am really thrilled to be here. And it's fun to be peers talking instead of instructor and student. Yeah, it's a different it's a different relationship. So it's fun to be figuring that out with you. Would you like to introduce yourself to anyone who's not come across your work yet? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. My name is Katie Pulsifer. And I am a master certified life coach. I am helping um, women, Gen X generation who are sandwiched between aging parents, launching kids, trying to do it all, figuring out it's impossible to do it all, but still having really high standards for themselves and um, kind of struggling to feel like they can keep up and uh, feel good about everything they're doing. So I'm helping them kind of shift their thinking about this phase of life, feel more positive and empowered and energized by everything that they are accomplishing. I mean, I, I can't relate, obviously, to any of that. <laughs> I'm sure no one listening can. What? <laughs> and, and how did you kind of stumble across then this, this being your niche? Because you've coached through things like the Life Coach School previously, you've coached in every kind of niche available, I would imagine. Oh, yes. Yes. I have coached pretty much every topic you can possibly bring <laughs> to coaching. And I've also coached so many um, people all over the world, which has just been a privilege and an honor. And of course, as you know, all the topics still sneak into the coaching container, which is mm. um, 
you know, I think always the way it's going to be. But this particular niche is very near and dear to my heart. It is where I find myself at the moment. And um, it's the conversations I'm having with my friends as we are processing this time of um, empty nesting and supporting parents and figuring out ourselves and this um, second half of life and the mark we want to make, the impact we want to have, the contribution. Um, so it's just very, very, very part of the water I drink and the air mm. I breathe right now. And it just feels so intuitive. And uh, I don't want to say easy, mm. but it feels just like the right thing in my bones. Like it's just, it's, yeah, just true. I love that. I love when you can find that thing and lean into it. And it's when it's elusive, it is so frustrating waiting for the stars to align with it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've come across this, but I sometimes think as well, I see this phenomenon where a coach might come to be coached and it turns out the coaching we need is the coaching we offer to everybody else. Yes. So like a money coach will be in their head about what they're charging other people or, and that doesn't mean that they don't have the skills to coach somebody else on it, but it's like the next level of that work is always calling to us to kind of challenge ourselves as well. Absolutely. I think about, I mean, as you were describing that, I can think about five clients right off the top of my head that I'm working with that, Every time I'm speaking to them, I'm like, oh, I needed to hear this. Too. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you for coming to me. Thank you for raising this topic and this dilemma. And thank you for allowing me to support you on it while I'm also doing the work and figuring it out for myself. And you, I speak to so many people who think that that means something's gone wrong. You know, if they, <laughs> if they still... Like we have this idea that we have to be finished. We have to like our knowledge and our work in that area has to be complete before we can be of service to anyone else on that path. And the analogy I always like to use is, would you rather get like financial advice from Elon Musk or from somebody who's like just a couple of steps ahead of you on the same financial path as you? Because you want someone who's in the trenches and knows what it looks like and knows what reality is for you. Absolutely. I agree. And I think we do, unfortunately, as coaches, sometimes get really, really hung up. Yes, we want to hire an expert, but it doesn't mean that the expert has to have this one thing dialed perfectly. And I also like to think we have seasons in our life. Like I can be really good at something for a period of time, and then I can sort of be very human and a little sloppy in a particular area of my life. And so having that topic be what I'm working with a client on is almost like, oh, it's time for a little tune up here, or it's time for a little extra focus on this one area of my life that I've let slip a little bit. Thank you for the reminder. That is so, so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know when we spoke previously, I'm not sure if you've mentioned it yet on this call, but you were talking about um, the rule book, kind of the rules and the perfectionism oh, yes. that that really comes up. I mean, it comes up for all of us, but definitely in this stage of life, it seems to be really prevalent. Um, and I think I would have expected you to be someone who had a really good rule book, like because of our, our former relationship and it was very much kind of instructor student. Like, I think I, I almost imagine you have an intimidating rule book. Oh, <laughs> funny <laughs> I, but but it, so then to hear you say actually like you know I go through seasons where I get a bit sloppy with that like and there's something so healing her. I think in in recognizing that like all humans have uh have have seasons for everything and and there there's no way to keep every single plate spinning all of the time absolutely not and I think that's what is the such the dilemma and conflict for women that I'm working with is the belief that it all has to be dialed in and all has to be running and functioning smoothly. I mean, I think in terms of rules, I would say that I definitely have values and um, morals that guide me and there's non-negotiables around like the way I want to live my life, but everything up everything else is up for negotiation, depending on what's going on and what is going to serve me best. And so sometimes uncovering these 
old rules, these old patterns, these old way of being. It's like, oh, okay, this is actually constraining me right now and causing me so many more problems that this is a rule that I need to break and let go of. And so that feels very fluid to me. It's kind of a lifelong lesson. I feel like we learn so many rules in the first 20 years and then spend the rest of our life trying to unlearn them. Yes, yes, totally. So how are you finding entrepreneurship? So for anyone who guessed who doesn't know, you were previously working for a bigger life coaching company as part of their executive team. Yes, yes. I'm there for five years And um, I've recently just gone out on my own as of 2024. And, you know, it's been absolutely incredible. I mean, I didn't want to leave my position. I will be very transparent about that. Um, The company was sort of going in a different direction. There was a leadership shift. Um, And what's been fascinating for me is that what brought me to that company was a very, very strong belief that I was not an entrepreneur. I Mm. had had my own business since 2015, coaching people, not really knowing how to run a business, but just coaching based on the sheer belief that I had to help people. So that determination you know, I had like a 50K year in 2015, just making stuff up and just helping whoever I could find that needed help. I just loved it so much. But I struggled with loving entrepreneurship. And I believed that I needed to love it. I struggled with loving marketing and social media and So when the opportunity came to do this work, but from the inside and train coaches, build programming, um, help make a business incredibly successful, our growth was astronomical, I felt like it was the perfect fit. And what I've realized in the last year is that everything that I was doing within the organization was exceedingly entrepreneurial. Mm. There was no, this is the way we've always done it. (laughs) I had to make stuff up all the time and test it and see if it worked and try it and fix it. And um, so many um, failures, so many wins. Is it? less scary to do that when you're kind of representing a bigger company or more scary because oh it was both it was both the stakes were so much higher right the there were so many more customers it was so much more visible um but also doing it in company Mm. with collaborators with peers with people to like uh, bounce ideas off of i i loved so But anyway, you know, here I am and I have all of that experience now behind me. I know what it feels like to do some, to create something that's never existed before Mm. and have it succeed and fail. And so I have the mindset to be an entrepreneur for sure, which is so fun. And this is like a rule that I'm breaking, a rule where I used to believe I don't, I didn't get the gene. Like it just, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it. This is going to never work for me. And it's like, oh, that rule I've completely broken now. I do not believe that. I just need help with like strategy and tactics. So I talk to brilliant people like you. <laughs> and then it's all figure outable. Yes, exactly. And, and it's this kind of choose your own adventure novel, I think, entrepreneurship, where so many of us come to it with an image in our head of how it has to be or how it's supposed to be, what legitimacy looks like. And then the more you get into it and the more you're led by your own values and your own experiences of what feels right and wrong for you, the more you get to make a business that that works for all of your strengths and you realize there was no gene ever because your map is the perfect map for you. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't want to necessarily build a business that looks like everyone else's. I don't believe my clients want that from me either. Um, So realizing that, I think I got really caught up in that in 2016, 2017, before I went to work for the school. 
believing like I was doing it wrong because I here's the template that I see and I'm not doing that. Uh oh, this is never going to work. Whereas now I'm feeling like, yeah, maybe I don't see a lot of examples of this. And that doesn't mean anything. It means I'm trusting myself. I'm doing it my way. We'll see what works. We'll see what doesn't. Um, and to be honest, I don't have a lot of time to look around at everyone else. <laughs> it's such a good thing. Honestly, it's the best place to be in completely. Oh my gosh. It's like, <laughs> I go to work. I don't have time to snoop around and see what everyone else is doing. No good comes, I don't, well, for some people it's really empowering, I suppose, and they yeah, get lots of ideas. Sure. My for brain sure. doesn't like it. I prefer to work in a vacuum when I'm working on something. And I we just think it's a gift. Like I remember saying once in a coaching session with Marlene, you must know Marlene. Yes. Oh, um, I do. I love her. And I was complaining to her that everyone else seemed to have been born with the rule book for like how to be a normal human and I didn't get it. And she was like, are you kidding me? That sounds amazing. Why isn't that on all of your sales pages? Do you know how many people are living their lives trying to get rid of the rule book? And it really did change my perspective then, especially in regards to my business, because one of the bits of feedback I get the most is that people like that I'm doing it differently and like that I'm doing it you know, in a way that supports my health and my family and, and my values. And, and so, yeah, it can absolutely be a strength to do things differently. And the fact that no one else is doing it can even be like, mean that there's a gap in the market for you to do it your way. Yes, it's so true. And I even love being exceedingly transparent with people. Um, the very first time I talk to them, I always am curious about whether a potential client is speaking with other coaches. And if not, I really encourage them to do so to really, you know, shop around and find who their mm. the best fit is and who their person is. But I love saying, you know, part of working with me, it's just not going to look and feel like everybody else. And I'm going to be exceedingly transparent with that from the very yeah. beginning, you know, exactly what to expect. So if so-and-so offers this, yeah, I don't do that. Mm. This, um, And I love being clear about it. And then my clients are not confused either. They we're all on the same page and we can build a lot of trust from the very beginning. Because yeah. I've heard a lot of people say kind of in the last 12 months that like life coaching is in crisis. It's not, it doesn't really reflect my experience or experience of people I know, but I kind of can see on a bigger scale that there are maybe shifts. I mean, there's a cost of living crisis everywhere and various things. But I do sometimes feel like it's practices that erode trust uh -huh. that, uh -huh. put, uh, that put any industry into crisis. Yes, absolutely. And that is one of the most important things that we can do as coaches right now is to figure out what we are about and be able to name it and be able to um, build that trust from the very first interaction that we have with someone and um, create as much as we possibly can control a level of safety that a client can um, see and experience and we can build upon it together in relationship. And that to me is a non-negotiable that if I am, if I can't come across as clear, trustworthy, informative, you see what you get, you get what you see, then it's like, I immediately go to work to solve for that because mm -hmm. that is something I am, I have a responsibility to do everything in my power to create a trusting environment. And it's so much harder to be effective if that's not in place anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm really curious to know if someone knew you're coaching from the Life Coach School and was very familiar with being coached by you, and now they were to be coached by you with all of the coaching tools in the world at your disposal and, and all of the things that you have learned from this experience of working there, what might they see that might be different? Um, well, I think what I've chosen to do as I move forward um, independently is use definitely all of the tools um, that I learned through the school. Um, I also did Bev Aaron's deep dive mm. 
certification. So I use a lot of the tools that I learned there. I'm very involved with the exchange and um, Trudy LeBron's programs. Yes. So culturally responsive coaching and client-centered coaching. And I love to think that I always have the freedom to best serve the person that is in front of me at that moment. And it may require more listening, that the conversation may require me being very, very quiet while there's just a lot of space being held for processing. It may require more of a conversation, a back and forth. It may require coaching. It may require co-creation or consulting. So I put all of that on the table and and say, you know, these are all of the um, tools at our disposal, and I am going to guide us and lead us always with your consent. But we, we have all of these different ways of working together because sometimes a client does want to just be told what to do. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yes. And it's really fun to say if that feels like the most supportive, loving thing, then we can move into that space and I can have some suggestions for you or make some recommendations. Um one thing that I feel so strongly about is I always, always truly believe my clients know best. They truly always, always know. And it's just how do we access the knowledge and information that mm. they have? And, and so we use these different um, strategies to do that. Right. Because it's in there, but then so are all of the doubts and fears. And of course, it can sometimes sound like the authentic voice in the moment. Of course, yes. So do you still use the model? Am I allowed to ask that? Yes, <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I mean, I definitely um, have the model running in the back of my mind mm. in my own life at all times, for sure. I think having coached for so long and seen so many coaching scenarios um, and then really deepened my understanding of how the tool can be used in a very supportive way. I'm very flexible about what I put on what line of the model. Yeah. Um, so I, res I deeply respect the foundation that we build as new coaches and the rigidity, rigidity of um, making sure everything's in the right place. And then I love breaking the rules about that to best serve the client that is in front of me. Yeah, because once you're immersed in it, I mean, I found this myself, but I'm sure on the scale you were using it, it must be nuclear, that it, it becomes an intuitive thing. It doesn't really need to be a paper exercise every time, but kind of you just... And really, at its heart, I should probably explain for anyone who's who's not familiar, but the model, the self-coaching model that um, was one of the main tools taught by the school, um, it, it really is kind of like a CBT stoicism way of just getting neutrality on your thoughts and noticing your thinking. Exactly. And so knowing that it's always playing in the background, it's always informing the questions that I ask. I, I'm never confused that what we do is because of how we feel. I'm never confused that what we feel is because of how we think. So my questions are always framed having that foundation. And I hardly do a full model with a client from top to bottom. Um, it's often not necessary. Um, and you have so many other tools to kind of yes. weave within it. Yes. But it's, it's, I would say it's a backbone, backbone, a foundation to the way I'm um, asking questions and guiding a session for sure. And are you still having to coach yourself? I'm imagining like <laughs> taking on Instagram. That's not a real question, is it? <laughs> oh, and you fixed now. Are you not done? <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh my goodness. Come of on, give course. us some hope. We want, we want to get to that point where it's done. Of course I am. Oh my goodness. Yes. I call in reinforcements. I call in support systems. 
Because, yeah, I like often get very, very, very confused and completely forget that other people don't create my feelings <laughs> when situations don't, you know, create upset in my life. So, yes. So how are you finding then the whole side of like Instagram, social media? Because when we spoke the other day, it sounded like you had a real like beginner's mindset for it, which I, is so rare to come across these days. Oh, yes. I mean, let's be honest, a complete beginner's mindset. <laughs> but I think what I was saying to you is part of being in this season of my life in my mid 50s and, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and believing I'm an entrepreneur is also just this. And I do not care about being cool. <laughs> I do not care about, um, well, what I do care about is that I am always leading with my values. Mm -hmm. I'm every decision I make is rooted in the values I have for my business, which are integrity, humility, and love. And I strive to do no harm to the best of my ability or course correct quickly. I strive to be positive, put, um, helpful, loving, kind messages and work into the world. Um, I don't believe that I am an expert at all or the, you know, end all be all on any of this. Mm -hmm. I love lifting other people up and thinking of all of this being successful because of the community that we're in. And so being on Instagram, I'm guided by that. Um, or that's social your filter. That's you yeah, that's the my other filter. Ones. And so, yes, I just trust that if I'm letting that guide me, then I won't be a total disaster on social media. <laughs> I really love it. It's almost like you've been like frozen in like cryo chamber or something for the last five years, and we've just thawed you out, and you're like, right, Instagram, let's get. Yeah. <laughs> What's this new app? I'm yeah, I am so, 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 so clueless about a lot of things there. What is amazing, though, I guess the other side of that that I mean is you don't seem to have the baggage, the Insta baggage that so many of us have. So oh, many am. people I speak to have spent the last five years, you know, having thoughts about Instagram and feelings about Instagram and experiences on Instagram that have led them to now feel a real dis dissatisfaction with it, whether that's just comparing to what they had five years ago or telling themselves it was easier or, you know, they've, they've genuinely lost something through it. You know, it's, it has changed as a platform. Um, mm -hmm. But you seem enthusiastic about it. And, and there's something in me where I'm kind of like, I want to bottle that feeling you've got because there's so much playful energy in it that if we could all just kind of switch to your mindset and borrow that for a while, <laughs> Instagram could be fun again. <laughs> well, I wasn't really doing anything there for a long time. And um, I definitely wasn't doing anything because I didn't believe I had anything to say. And I was mm. really terrified of like having no idea what was actually happening. So I knew whatever I did would be wrong. So, of course, none of those are helpful thoughts we'll have. <laughs> no. And now I realize that it is the way for me to connect with community, all the student, former students and colleagues and clients that I've known over the years. It is a way for me to stay connected to them. And it is a way for me to put my work in the world. So it's like, all right, I've just got to figure this thing out. But I know enough, I think, not to get in trouble, but there's so much I don't want to know because I don't feel like being good at it is what my client needs from me. Yeah, it, it might be a little jarring to see you dancing on reels tomorrow and uh, working oh, the algorithm. <laughs> I mean, please do, but... Yeah, I think I've done like three reels and I barely still know what they are. So um, it will be a while before I, yeah. Anyway, it's all just kind of fun. I, I, I There's just like the beginner's mindset about it. It's just, 
oh, well, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. And, and it should be fun at the beginning. This is something I find myself saying a lot. Like when, when not too many people are watching, that's the time to play and kind of mess about and try things because once you have, you know, 200,000 people following you, it's much easier to get in your head about it. Yes. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. So Instagram you're showing up on, what other platforms are you finding useful? I am on Facebook as well. I do know that uh, the client I'm working with is is in those two spaces. Mm. Is this Facebook groups mainly or kind of ads pages? Um, no, it's just my personal page. Ah. <laughs> I'm old school. I haven't I, even investigated. I didn't think of Facebook. I'm going to investigate what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, and a lot of it feels um, similar to what I am doing on Instagram. I mean, I, like I said, I know enough just to do some things, but I don't know a lot. So I'm not doing Facebook lives. Is that what mm. they are? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing those. I'm not in any, I'm not. I don't have a group on Facebook. Um, and then I will be uh, exploring Substack with you. You're going to help me learn all about this new world. So that will be a fun adventure to take up together. I think kind of what I'm hearing you say as well is because you have all of this experience of coaching, what you know is what's going to resonate and what people need to hear. And when we first start out brand new to all of it, that can be the thing that's hard to stumble across because we're posting into a, into silence because we've not, we don't know the phrases that resonate those things. Those aha moments for people, the things that, you know, come up with client after client after client, but you have that experience and you have your clients now that you're working with. So you have that nugget of value that you know to share. And I've seen this in your posts, like your posts hit like in the chest where you want to feel it um and and that's why it's going to succeed like this is the thing I'm always trying to teach to people because it's not really about am I using the right tags am I you know posting at the right time am I optimizing and all of that stuff that's just packaging for yes that value that message that's at the heart of it and once you know what you're here to say and what people want to hear from you and what you want to share with them then then it doesn't matter where you put it almost it's going to find the people yes yes I feel very very fortunate that um being able to express what I think this my community clients need to hear potential new clients is that part does come easy for me and that is having logged a lot a lot a lot a lot of hours getting a lot of reps coaching people. And so for newer coaches, I know that that can be challenging, but um, I'm always encouraging them to just help as many people as they possibly can um, and have as many conversations as they possibly can in order to be able to start speaking that language and understanding what their future clients need to hear from them. I mean, it always is the client experience kind of repackaged and reframed they tell us everything we need to know um and i think when we're new we're so worried about ourselves and we're so in our heads am i doing it right is this right am i using this tool effectively that we um unfortunately not we don't listen as attentively as we could to what our clients words are Mm. form Um, a very helpful uh, piece of writing or um, a a social media post. Yeah, it's like the ultimate market research. You know, I I remember, I don't know if it still happens. I suspect it's all digital now, but people used to be like on a street with a clipboard and a questionnaire. Yes, yes, yes. Doing like market research on breakfast cereals or anything. Definitely focus groups behind the the little glass, two-way glass yeah yeah to hear what people say in fact I was watching a documentary a true crime documentary the other day and um the the accused team legal team had told him it was going to be 40 to 60 thousand dollars for the focus group where they just tested their defense strategy and listened to what the 
the random selected people, kind of whether it resonated with them or not. And the mm. the thing that the lawyer said was, all I can tell you is most of the time what will come back is intuitive and, and they say exactly what you think. But occasionally there's just that one thing that it was not what you would have expected and it will pay for itself because of that one thing. And I was thinking this documentary was made maybe 20 years ago and I was thinking, now we have the internet. Like... We have that two-way feedback channel. I mean, I wouldn't recommend someone does that for their legal defense <laughs> strategy. If you're accused of murder, that's not advice. But we do get to have those conversations every single day online. Like, And this is the thing that I think when, when we're new to it, we just have to put it all out there and see what resonates. And like you yeah, say, like coach and have conversations and listen and be ready just kind of to go, wow, that blew up. I didn't expect people to care about that one thing so much. Yeah, this is why I feel like it's an exciting time for people to be watching you because in theory, you're starting from the ground up, but you're also bringing to it the value piece fully formed and in place and you know who you're here to serve and you know how to be of service to them. And so I think you're going to see growth so rapidly and you're going to really see kind of people finding that value I guess it's kind of the platforms doing their job and showing people what they need to see this is where the algorithms and all the things that we complain about actually can really be of service to us yeah so I feel like I don't even really understand what you're saying (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) because I and as as we're having this conversation I'm realizing that there's Probably, a, I'm not, I don't know how long I'm going to get away with being able to be this naive and this uninformed about social media. There's probably going to be a tipping point where I am going to need to figure out some intermediate level knowledge. I wouldn't say expert level, but intermediate level, like to expand upon my basic knowledge. Um but right now, it just doesn't feel like the most important thing. Um, figuring out how to best serve the clients that I have and continue to up-level what I offer to them in real time. Um, one of the things I love to do is just constantly ask, you know, check in and see how we're doing. Like, you know, every month, like, how's it going? Are we on track? Is this what you expected? What else do you need? Um, what should be different? Um, how do you want to change it as we move into the next month of your package? Things like that. So it's like this very real time um, uh, response to how to best serve them. So that's captivating a lot of my attention and energy at the moment. Um, but I feel probably pretty soon upping my skills around social media is probably going to be a requirement. What do you think? I'm not convinced you will. I don't think so, actually. I think you will automatically become more aware of what everything does and means just through like osmosis. Okay. But your job should be as the creator of this content to just show up and put it out there and the platform should do the rest. Like yeah. that's what they're designed for. And where that sometimes falls down is people don't know what they're about or what they have to say or what's going to resonate. So the platforms don't do as good a job of it because it's a bit of a mixed bag. But I think you showing up with intention the way you are doing and with that foundation, like it's kind of a good test of the platforms. I'm, I'm watching with curiosity because it should do its job. It should just get okay. out there. Okay, lovely. So trusting myself, using my values to guide me, um, being clear about being helpful, using my clients' experience, their words, understanding them. Okay. That's it. Well, this is very gratifying (laughs) to know that I am on the right track. formula. That's the whole formula. You already have it. (laughs) So listening to you talk about that, about, you know, developing your own coaching packaging and how, like, how you manage the client experience – do you see yourself offering things for coaches? Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I love working with coaches. Many of my clients are coaches. And so I'm helping them on all of their mindset, emotional management, 
stuff that, you know, a non-coach would get support with as well. Um, we're talking about their personal lives, their, um, their relationships, their parents, their children, all of that. Um, and then weaving into our work together, how to coach better, how to coach more effectively, mm -hmm. um, often comes up. We sort of weave between the two conversations. One of the most fun things to do is, you know, be coaching on something, coaching a coach on their personal life, and they're having a, a, an experience around that. And then there's sort of this aha moment of like, oh, and this is what I was coaching my client on mm. last week. And now I see how I can bring this strategy or this line of questioning into that coaching conversation as well. So the reciprocity and the, um, the ripple effect of some of these conversations is really powerful. A lot of newer coaches come to me to work on their coaching confidence as well. And their self, their identity as a coach, trusting themselves. Those are such beautiful conversations to have. And so are you message, are you including that in your messaging? Are you finding you're sort of advertising yourself as a coach for coaches or is that just something that's really happening naturally? Well, it's happening quite organically, um, which I love. I'm thinking about ways to make that um, more obvious. Um, and I, I don't have that figured out yet of the approach I want to take to make that more known. Um, right now it's, I think my, my world consists of a lot of coaches, a lot of friends that I've made over the years through the school. And, um, I, so I'm seeing it in practice, mm. realizing there's something there to expand upon. And I think it's just kind of like my 2.0 and yeah. I don't know quite when I'm going to do that but um, and there's no rush to get there yeah but it is really really fun to be coach two peers two coaches in a coaching conversation and I'm helping and supporting them in their personal life and then we talk about how it will also spill over into their businesses and you just know that it all it's all connected and everything up leveling, which is so wonderful. What I really hope people are picking up from listening to this, and I'm sure they are, is you just sound in such acceptance of where you are and like you're giving yourself such space and freedom to explore and to play around with this. And like where you are is perfect and where we all are is perfect, but there's so much drama that we can create for ourselves about it. And just hearing how clean you are about it and mm -hmm. how like just the, the warmth and acceptance that you're bringing to it is really inspiring even to me. And I'm hoping that for other people listening, mm -hmm. they can hear that, that actually, because it would be so easy to have that be a problem. Oh, I need to figure this out. And it's not in my messaging. And now you've just asked me and, and you know, I've not figured that out yet, but actually you're just like, yeah, like I'm, that's in the future and it's something and that's fun and we'll see. Yeah. Yes. I think what's resonating as you reflect that back to me and thank you so much for saying it, it it's very meaningful for you to um, share that back to me. I think I just have a deep level of trust mm -hmm. that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I don't feel in a hurry which I think is a privilege and I don't take that um, lightly. And that's hard earned because I've often felt, and I think a lot of women my age can relate to feeling like I'm in a, like I'm in a hurry, like mm -hmm. I'm trying to have this solved and fixed and figured out and it will make everyone's life better and my kids will be happier, I, you know, <laughs> rush, 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 rush. And I just now know after all these years, I do my, I mean, when the chips are down for sure, I will hustle and do whatever needs to happen. But I often don't do my best work when it's fueled by urgency and uh, I'm, I'm behind kind of thinking. 
and I've got to figure this out immediately. So I just trust that it's going to come to me when it comes to me, that what I'm doing right now is exactly what I'm meant to be doing, that there's plenty of time for the 2.0 version to emerge for me to get better um, in my programming, get better in social media. And when I just rest in that, <laughs> it just, it doesn't, it, it truly comes to life for me. It truly yeah. does happen. Um, the forcing, the urgency, the, um, it just, it's not a friend of mine. I think that's a message we all could do with a reminder of fairly frequently. Um, I guess my last big question for you then is, what would you say the last 12 months have taught you? Oh, wow. Well, um, I 100% can do hard things. (laughs) (laughs) I have no doubt about that. I also know that when I am out of integrity or not in alignment with myself, that that is something to pay very, very close attention to. And it becomes the thing that I will um, immediately get coaching on, seek support on, and um, bring myself back into alignment so that I can feel like my decisions, the way I'm showing up in the world, I I'm clear about and, and I'm in truth that has revealed itself to me more over and over and over and over again. And that is just become my, the most important thing is like Mm. getting a little off, which of course is going to happen and always will happen that getting myself sort of back to center is number one. And then moving forward and taking action from there. Um, I can trust that. So that, that feels really good. Um, and yeah, I can handle my emotions. I can handle the disappointment of a job I loved ending. Um, I can be very sad and still, show up in this world and, and create a beautiful experience for myself and support my, the people I love and my family and friends. And, um, yeah, it's always going to be the rich full experience. That is a promise that keeps getting delivered. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I can continue to weather that. And that makes so much sense then of that trust that you're feeling right now for yourself, because in my head I was thinking well how do we get that can we all have some of that trust but that's how you get it you get it unfortunately through the harder periods in life and the tough times when you realize that you can withstand it so true I know I wish there was a shortcut (laughs) and unfortunately there isn't and ultimately at the end of the day I'm glad there isn't because the resiliency and the strength that um is is within us is amazing to have revealed when we have to go through challenging times. Absolutely. So what's next for you? What's coming up? Oh, well, I'm working on a mind at ease masterclass that I will be delivering a free masterclass next week. Um, and on the 15th of February, and it is where I am going to teach a three-step process to stop second-guessing yourself. Do you know this phenomenon this, that we do where we... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> we make a decision or we put, we create some work or we make an offer and then um, we feel so good temporarily <laughs> and then we immediately start second-guessing it wasn't good enough. I should have done it this way. I shouldn't have done it that mm-hmm. way. I, can't, I did it. Can I pull it back? Or um, there's a, it wasn't perfect enough, or I had this little mistake in it, or I wish I had said this thing differently. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's this questioning, doubting, regret, 
um, worrying energy that um, kind of sort of permeates a lot of what we do mm-hmm. because we're we're not confident in either the decision that we made and why we made it in the first place, or it's coming from an energy of not enoughness. So right. I'm going to be talking about all of that and how to bring a little relief and quit the second guessing Ugh, that we do. That sounds so needed. I'm thinking even of just the people who post something on Instagram and then it doesn't <laughs> immediately get the response that they were hoping for. So they delete it and then they post oh. it again. And oh. like, and, it, and it is because it's so hard to tune out like the external yes. feedback when and to just listen to ourselves. So this sounds like something. Certainly I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so how can we access that? It's a masterclass on the 15th. Yes. Let me think about that for a second, Sarah. So if, oh they, my, yeah, if they follow oh you on Instagram or do you want them, should we put them on your news, send them to your newsletter? Yes, all of the above. So um, I will be sharing a lot of information about it um, on my newsletter. Uh, KatiePulseForCoaching.com is where you can subscribe to that newsletter. I'll also be sharing information about it on Instagram and Facebook. And then if you want to just go ahead and register, you can go to katiepulsifercoaching.com forward slash masterclass. Oh, perfect. I will make sure I put all those links in the show notes so everyone can click directly if they want to come and check it out. Katie, thank you for being so like open and transparent and just real with us. This was a really helpful conversation. I appreciate the opportunity to work through what I'm doing and share it with you and uh spend time in your world and thank you for everything you are doing and having this conversation with me have an amazing day you as well show notes for this episode are over on substack and right there in your podcast app make sure you click the link if you want to come and join in and have a conversation with me in the comments i'm always there i'm there too much so we can hang out. Thank you for listening. And if you're not already, I would love you to subscribe. Episodes are coming out on a irregular basis at the moment, but I do have guests lined up. So I'd love to hang out with you some more this way. If you enjoyed this episode, share, leave a review. It all helps. And I hope wherever you're at in your work and your business, it helped you to feel a little bit less alone. Please have an amazing week and I will speak to you very soon.